You're listening to the Department of Energy Joint Genome Institute's Natural Podcast, a podcast about natural products and the science and scientists of secondary metabolism. Hey everyone, welcome to the self-promotion episode of Natural Podcast. A little bit of a bonus episode since I'm off schedule, but this is an important one that I want to get out there as soon as possible. Not one of our normal interviews, but it's instead, uh, it's two interviews in one. My new co-host, Jackie Winter, has been on a few episodes now, and I figured we were way overdue to give her a proper introduction and a chance to talk about all the cool work she's been doing over at the University of Utah. So, you'll be hearing about microbiology and natural products from the Great Salt Lake, and you're going to learn, like me, what a haboob is. Then we switch interview chairs, and I talk about SMC, which is the new Secondary Metabolism Collaboratory uh, data portal I've been working on with my colleagues Drew Deering and Bryce Foster and too many others to name at JGI for the last two years or so. Uh, SMC is now released, and it's ready for the public to tear it up. Um, I'm super excited about this thing, and I hope you will be too. If this episode went a little long, it's definitely because we like talking about our science, so sorry, but not really sorry. Um... I haven't mentioned them enough lately, but as always, I have transcripts and show notes at naturalpodcast.com. I went a little overboard with links on this, since I'm hoping this episode and the transcripts will be one thing I can point people to when it comes to getting out information about SMC uh, and Jackie. So please do hop over there and check them out. Thanks for listening. Oh, we're recording now. Oh, yay. So, so, so you know, um, I, I get all the podcasts stats right and so i see all the download numbers and so one of the things i've noticed is that um whenever it's uh uh me or or whenever we're talking about like promoting something um the you know like like any of the primer episodes where we're trying to explain things to to people those get terrible download numbers. <laughs> I mean, not terrible. They're like, they're, they're like a third less than the the normal amount that we get, which is already a you know fairly small number. We're we're a very niche podcast, and um, <laughs> so maybe maybe if we can combine two things where we uh, uh, interview you and we also um, talk about my stuff, so that we have like a a self promotion episode, then maybe maybe people actually listen to this. <laughs> I think that'd be fun. Yes. Let's okay. do it. What if we just start like swearing, bring out our New Yorkers and that's okay. That's fine. I dropping I will... <laughs> we should have like some kind of like special sound effect. <laughs> like a kazoo. <laughs> I, I, I do have some beeps and stuff that I can I can easily drop in. Not a not a problem. <laughs> um, but uh yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe we start talking about you because um you've been on a couple of the podcasts now that we put out and uh you know, I I gave you a little introduction during the my my intro part of the you know the first one that you were on, but that's that's not nearly enough. And so it, it, we thought it would be good to spend maybe a couple minutes just talking to you and and um, introducing you more properly to the audience. I guess we'll see what happens. <laughs> okay. What are the? I, I don't know. Maybe 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 we ask the, you the boilerplate questions that I try to tend to you know, ask to, to most people. So w- one of those is like, what's your, what's your um, origin story in natural products? Why, why are you doing this? Kind of go back to where it all started. Um, I think for me, natural products, I, I became interested in natural products as an undergrad. So for me, it was studying sort of the interface of chemistry and biology, because I was getting, you know, dual bachelors in both areas. And I took a class in, in natural products. And that was my first exposure my junior years in undergrad. 
And to me, looking at the chemistry of the molecules and then looking at how they were made was really interesting and intriguing to me. And I could combine my passions, you know, in in different areas to study, you know, how these molecules made, how do you test the bioactivity, how do you tinker with the machinery? And so it really is a blend of a lot of different disciplines. And so then, you know, going to grad school and, you know, learning about chemical biology, which I don't think it was called that back then. I think we're still (laughs) trying to, it had many names um, and iterations, but it was, for me, it was a combination of different passions and not having to really like pick or choose, you know, one different discipline. And then also having an output where you could make a difference um, with, you know, human health and, you know, increasing our our longevity and agriculture. And there's so many applications. So it was really um, the draw for that as well. Mm-hmm. Where, um, before then, were you, were you always a sciencey kid? Um, I was not actually. So in high school, I didn't, well, I guess, I mean, a few people, I guess, know what they want to do in high school, but yeah. I, I was taking AP classes in English and history. So that mm-hmm. didn't, I wasn't interested in science as much. And my parents weren't, weren't scientists either. So yeah. it was sort of just taking classes um, and getting exposure from, you know, different faculty members. And it's kind of saying like, Hey, actually, I actually like this. And it's more interesting to me um, than other, other areas. Uh-huh. Sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, maybe, maybe if you could talk about what your, I don't know, um, uh, uh, research background pedigree is I, I hate to like sort of like you know pin people to people but you've um you know you've worked with some cool people in the past so what you want to tell the audience about those sure i've had some some great mentors um yeah. you know along the journey and so i uh, started my phd in brad moore's group and joined his lab when he was at university of arizona and i think a month later we we packed up and moved to to sio ucsd so I was with Brad um, during my PhD, and then I did a short yep. postdoc with Christian Hartwick um, in Jena in Germany, and kind of expanded, um, you know, learning about natural products. So in Brad's lab, I worked on, you know, identifying and characterizing um, haloproxidases from bacteria. And mm-hmm. with Christian, I started getting a little bit more into fungi and learning, you know, the differences of, you know, all the genetic differences. And then expanded on on that knowledge by doing a second postdoc with Yitang at UCLA, and then kind of really getting more of the bioengineering aspect with with fungi, kind of going along the track of always working in natural products, but just different tools um, and how to really access and manipulate um, these pathways to get new compounds. And this has some really amazing, amazing mentors. For sure. um, for those that don't know, I, I met you when I was oh, a postdoc yes. in Brad's lab. Uh, we made that move from Arizona to San Diego, uh, not, not in the same car, but like at the same time. <laughs> yeah. No, I had the incubator in my car. No, oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. We, we've all, we all moved a lot of weird stuff. <laughs> we're crossing the border, like nothing to see here. We were the first breaking bad, I guess, but no, you, you trained me in, um, how to, had a genome mine. So thank you for that. And you had to put up with me as a young grad student. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. Oh no. no. So sorry. Let <laughs> me sorry about. Um yeah, no, your your project was really cool. The the vanadium heloperoxidases are are some really cool enzymes and it was um it was fun to see fun to see that project take shape. Yeah. Yeah, that was those were that was a golden age right there when we were all in that in the lab together and the ring tank parties. 
But that's when a bunch of PIs moved to to SIO, and it was really a remarkable right. time of bringing together quite a few groups. And I mean, that was such an amazing atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, historically cool time. So um, Bill Fenicall was was still there, um, and uh, Bill Gerwick moved around the same time, and Peter Dorstein. Um, who else? And Ted Malinsky. Ted Malinsky. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and Paul had started his independent lab, and so there right. was Paul Jensen, mm-hmm. and like Brookhart. Yeah, there's so many people there. It was it was fun. Yeah, it was it was a great time to be there. It was really really uh, fun, energetic atmosphere. A lot of a lot of new people learning uh, new things from each other. It was it was it was the best that I think natural products can be at times. Like mm-hmm. right? it's so it's a very interdisciplinary field, and a lot of people have a lot of different sort of uh tools and techniques that they bring to it and um you know we try to learn as much as we can to to apply those to our own little individual problems and things and so um there's a lot of good crossover i guess there still is like it's it's still a great place from what i understand Mm -hmm. um so but yeah it was it was a fun exciting time to be there for sure yes yes so uh i guess in your words what are you working on now what what, what's different now that you are a professor at university of utah um, it's scary being a professor. Um, yeah, I know that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it is we have we have a lot of, of projects uh going on, and one that sort of happened serendipitously that I never anticipated, you know, starting that's not why I came to the University of Utah is looking at the natural product potential of microorganisms from Great Salt Lake, which is mm-hmm. a hypersaline uh terminal lake about 30 minutes away from campus, and we're finding some really really interesting compounds. And we're also identifying some new microorganisms that may be of interest to, to you and folks at JGI. These organisms we're finding, at least by looking at their their full genomes, are really not like anything that's been identified to date and characterized to date. So we're one looking at, you know, how unique they are, how they survive in these hypersaline environment, um, which can range from 8% to 28% salinity. We have um, toxic metals. So these concentrations of arsenic and lead and mercury are pretty high as well. And these organisms, right. no problem living there. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at, you know, how they adapt to these extreme environments. And then can we use that, for example, like bioremediation applications? So we have some pathways and some molecules that we're really pushing in that endeavor. Yeah. So I guess, um, what made you want to be a professor and, and, and do this stuff as opposed to, you know, I think like a a perfectly viable career track in natural products. And especially if you're in the drug discovery angle is to, you know, uh, look in industry, but, um, you're a professor. Why'd you do that? So I actually, I mean, not having family in in science, it was hard to Mm -hmm. see like, what are the different career paths? And luckily, when I was an undergraduate at SUNY Fredonia, I had the opportunity to intern at Merck Pharmaceutical. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was, I mean, it was a great opportunity, but it also reinforced that I probably am not cut out for industry. It wasn't as appealing for me. I mean, it was, it was a great experience. Don't get me wrong. Um, But I also was kind of wavering between going into academia and industry. And I always liked being a TA. I like teaching. I like mentoring. Mm -hmm. And it really then catalyzed that. Okay. This is, this is the track uh, for me is going into academia and then being in, in Brad's lab, just having opportunities to mentor students as, you know, teaching classes and really, you know, setting 
the stage for, you know, what, what I really wanted to do and getting, I think it's getting exposure was yeah. that I found that I really enjoyed um, mentoring. I enjoy teaching and just, you know, helping the next generation of, of researchers in natural products and in other areas. So for me, mm-hmm. it was, I like interacting with, with new people and, and seeing that light bulb go on when all of a sudden you like, you know, that moment when they're going, Oh my gosh, I actually understand this. And that's pretty remarkable. Yeah, cool. I cool. Think, you know, being a professor is uh, you get those a lot and you need those <laughs> a lot. <laughs> you need those moments to get you through the day. Um, so for me, it was, you know, if a door opens, take an opportunity to, you know, explore it and you'll find something about yourself and maybe you'll see you like or dislike something. So <laughs> besides the Salt Lake stuff, uh, are, are there other projects you're really keen on or, or stuff you want to try to get into or maybe haven't had the chance to yet? I mean, you're, you, you've been there a few years now, but, um, you know, it always feels like we're just getting started. In yeah, a lot of ways. It always, you always have new projects. You always have new ideas that you yeah. want to pursue. There's just not enough time and money. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have, you know, a huge marine fungal project in collaboration with Ophenicol at Scripps. So we're looking at, you know, biosynthesis of marine uh, fungal metabolites. Uh, we're also looking now, we started a, a newer project with with Great Salt Lake again, kind of going back to that, yeah. is toxicity of these heavy metals when they do become airborne. And oh, okay. what happens when, you know, we breathe these in, especially individuals. And, you know, we live in Salt Lake Valley too. So we're exposed to these metals and these toxic compounds. So we're now trying to see the implications of, of those, you know, those effects and how that compares to, you know, Owens Lake in California and what happened there and, and just trying to see like what we can do. Um, is that like human that. health effects or, yes. or environmental or both? Human health effects yeah, oh, human. And, and both. I mean, we're also looking yeah. at environmental effects as well, but mostly human um, effects. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And uh, what they, 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 because the lake is sort of consistently drying out or it's periodic, at least um, you, you get a lot of like wind blowing things around that are dr- salts that dry out. Is that the idea? Yeah, that is correct. Yeah. So there are actually these, it's called dust hot spots on the lake. So the lake okay. is desiccating with, with climate change. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, it's right now, like last year, we had a great um, winter. So a lot of snowpack when it melted, um, or a lot of water when the snowpack melted went into the lake. And so the levels were decreasing at an alarming rate, but they are, you know, the, it has risen a little bit, but still not to where it needs to be. But because you have all these, you know, it's a terminal lake. So anything that goes into the lake with the snowpack melt um, is retained and concentrated. Mm. And we have a lot of the mining going on. And so there's certain areas of the lake that have really, you know, toxic concentrations of certain, you know, metals and, and whatnot. Yeah. And when the lake desiccates, um, they become, you know, the wind blows through and we get some gnarly windstorms coming through. And so then they become airborne. And then certain areas of the lake, depending on where you are, you will have these dust hot spots. And it almost looks like these, um, like the dust haboob sometimes coming off the lake. And you just, we run screaming. You know, those dust haboobs that come in, you, you see them haboobs? in Arizona. Some, yeah, the haboobs. <laughs> I've never heard that word. I don't know what that is. <laughs> we, need, we need to add that in. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> It's sort of like this this cloud of dust that you just you can't see through, and like okay. we, we know like what's in that, and you have these different you know how you know these different types of particulate like two point five, like ten ppm's, and just the size of the particle and how far they can actually travel, and that's oh, yeah. what we're okay. now starting to get into is like what what's actually becoming airborne, and not only the you know metals but microorganisms as well can can go along for the ride. So now we're trying sure. to see 
the compounding effect, especially if, you know, people are immunocompromised, like what happens when they're breathing this, this stuff in? Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, I don't actually know how, how close is Salt Lake city to the great Salt Lake? I can actually see it. I'm in my office yeah. right now. And so if we go to the South arm, it's, it's um, about 30 minute drive. So if you fly okay. into Salt Lake city, the yeah, airport's yeah. right on great Salt Lake. I assume it's close, but I didn't know how, how close. Um, close. I yeah, I don't know mileage wise. I should yeah, know that, yeah. um, but it is, it's very close um, to, to the university. Uh, yeah. That sounds pretty important then. It, it's, it's there and affects <laughs> yeah. us all. And a lot of times though, it's unfortunate people are, it's one of those like, Oh, it's not my backyard. So I don't care. Yeah. Type reality. But in reality, I mean, these, these things become airborne and they're going to go with the trade winds. They're going to get moved around the U S I mean, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, we see what happens with the wildfires, right? I mean, you're in, in Northern California and it doesn't sure. matter where they are. You still, you still get the, the air air is not really <laughs> segregated. Yeah, yeah. It moves. Yeah. Where do you see your, work going say in the long term like a decade from now or whatever oh wow i would really i mean we have a unique environment in our in our backyard and what were would be really fun to start you know to look at and to compare is sort of adaptability what we're looking more for like Mm. microorganism adaptability to these extreme environments and Great Salt Lake has existed for thousands of years, but we'd like to start comparing um, evolution in real time to maybe like hypersand environments that are formed from like hurricanes, like in Puerto Rico, you get these hypersaline lakes and start okay. comparing and contrasting systems. And then also comparing, you know, to the marine environment, looking at more like holistic or big picture view. Um if we if we're still around in, in a decade and we have yeah just that, that, change, that change over time to the system huh yeah it, it would be it's it's fun or to see you know in a decade if we can find a new antibiotic agent from you know great salt lake microorganism um, mm-hmm. because we do have a lot of wastewater treatment um or wastewater going into salt lake right. and so a lot of organisms coming from the hospital setting and agricultural um areas are going into the lake and these organisms um actually have quite a few antibiotic resistant genes in there. Mm-hmm. And so we're trying to use those as screening tools. And then also if we do have, you know, something that's active against them, you know, maybe this is, you know, has a new scaffold and target new mechanism of action. So that'd be great in a decade is to actually have, you know, something that is promising, a promising agent that we could start pushing through, through the pipe. Yeah. 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 Very cool. Okay. Yeah, I would imagine what that there must be a lot of competition as the lake gets smaller. These these organisms that live in the water column are probably increasingly going to compete with one another, right? And so there must be there must be some sort of chemical warfare happening there. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. These these organisms are pretty gnarly. We have a Nicoli strain that we've been working on that we sequenced the genome, and it has seventeen resistant genes on a plasmid. Mm. That's actually. It, it's pretty scary what this thing is resistance again, resistant against. Um, okay. But it is, it's sort of, you can see evolution in real time is how these organisms are adapting to, you know, increase in salinity and yeah. like what other organisms are there. And so the chemistry has got to be new. Um, well, at least we, we hope because <laughs> that's what we're using to get funding. Um, but. Well, you've, you've seen some new chemistry already, right? Mm-hmm. We have. Yeah. It reminds me almost, you know, working with Bill um, back in the 50s and 60s of that, the golden age of antibiotic discoveries, everything 
that we're finding seems to be a new structure and the microorganisms are, are novel. Um, I mean, we have streptomyces, but they're, they're new species and they have very uh-huh. similar to other streptomyces, for example. So there's just, it's, we need more people, honestly, to really explore this, which is exciting um, because there's just, it's uncharted, you know, it's, it's underexplored and yeah. there's just so much potential there. And so that's, it, it, it gets you going in the day, you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, what are you going to find today? Very cool. All yeah. right. Good, good. Oh, we just had math. We might think we're having one of those um, thunder snowstorms coming. There's like, oh, really? now we're kind of having a um, storm haboob coming through. <laughs> so if I lose you, it's we lost electricity. That was just, sorry, that was like huge thunder that just went off. Yeah, that's okay. You, you get, you get thunder snowstorms. Yeah. Thunder snow. <laughs> oh my God. I've never seen that. It's never a good thing. <laughs> it never it doesn't end well for anyone. <laughs> I've had a walk home a couple of times last time, you know, when we've had those because it just dumps snow so fast and it's icy. And so I'm just like, wow. I'm getting in my car. Can, can the lightning travel down when it's snowing or is it just stay up in the clouds and just booms? I, I usually don't see that. We don't see the lightning. It's yeah. just hear the thunder. And so the okay. lightning's somewhere, but we don't, I don't know if it's cloud to cloud and we just don't see it. Um, okay. <laughs> wow. All right. Yeah. We also, I mean, you know, grow, you grew up in, in New York and so you mm-hmm. get the lake effect snow. We get lake sure. effect snow from Great Salt Lake too. So yeah, that yeah, yeah. moves across and okay. I'm, just, I'm looking at my windows. If it starts snowing, I'm going to start, I will drop some F-bombs. Um, okay. So uh, then I don't know how to, I, I don't know how to transition. <laughs> you want me to ask you about SMC and yeah, I guess we reverse it, right? You can interview me and uh, <laughs> otherwise I'm just going to babble. <laughs> yeah. I guess. Um, how do you want me to to introduce that? Cause you have a primer for, for you, or do you want me to ask anything in particular? No, you don't have to introduce me. That's fine. I don't really care about oh. that. I think like the, 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 the thing I wanted to be able to um, put out to people is that, well, by the time this comes out, mm-hmm. um, SMC will be in its first release version. And so, um, yeah, that should be around the end of the month or, or slightly before, uh, just depending. And um, on a few, on a few sort of dot the I's, cross the T's kinds of, kinds of things. So, um, so yeah, by the time this comes out, then SMC will be like out of beta and will be a real, a real thing. <laughs> Yay. That's super, super cool. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> Let me, I'm just trying to think of how to, how to. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to just step on you. I think, I think it doesn't matter. You can, we, yeah. Uh, we can, we can pull back the curtain and you can just like <laughs> ask some questions. Cause like, um, you know, this is all very artificial. Like uh, some of it you already know, but we're, we're, we're really talking okay. to other people, right? Yeah. Okay. So let's see. So with, with your, your background in, in natural products, this is this mm. pretty amazing um, with, you know, spearheading this endeavor at, at JGI. So SMC is a, a new platform um, coming out. And I'm wondering if you can just kind of share some information of, of, we'll just call it your baby um, and being, and being released and like what, how this can help the community. 
Yeah. So, okay. Um, so SMC is the secondary metabolism collaboratory. We all know what secondary metabolism is, hopefully, if we're, we're listening to this. And, uh, but the, the word collaboratory is sort of a, um, made up word that, uh, I think, you know, collaborative laboratory is, is the idea here. And so, um, uh, maybe I should back up and sort of give a little bit of a historical context. JGI for many years um, has been doing work in secondary metabolism. The very first CSP I ever worked on back in Brad's lab, um, we talked about it in his podcast, was the Selenospora genome project. And that was a JGI CSP project. They 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 sequenced that genome for us at a time when they would, you know, do one genome at a time. Um and uh yeah so so and and the whole purpose of that was that it was one of the first genomes that that been done specifically in order to explore its secondary metabolism and the the, the bgc's that we knew that it, it had a few of but we never expected it to have as many as it did and how that became sort of a trend in genomics um so anyway yeah jgi's been working in secondary metabolism for a, a while now a long time but um when our new director, Nigel, uh, Nigel Mouncey, uh, who also has a podcast episode, if you want to go back and listen to it, um, when he came in, he created the secondary metabolites science program. And I am part of that, uh, under him, we started thinking about what we needed to do in secondary metabolism in order to, um, help our users. We had, so, so, um, for those who are familiar with JGI's IMG data portal, the integrated microbial genomics, um, there was a subsection of that called ABC, the Atlas of Biosynthetic Clusters. And at the time, um, you know, it was, it was a really good resource for second metabolism BGCs at a time when it was kind of difficult to, to always find them, you know, anti, anti smash was around and, um, they, they used that on all of IMG's genomes, but, um, uh, you know, I, IMG is microbial genomes and mostly bacteria and archaea. And, um, you know, we knew that secondary metabolism, um, is everywhere. Right. And so we also sequence a lot of fungi and we sequence plants. And so we started thinking about how, if we had a different approach to this, how, how it should go. And so that's, that's where sec the secondary metabolism collaboratory SMC came from. Um, so we, we wanted this to be a, a uh, more comprehensive data portal for BGCs, biosynthetic gene clusters that um, came from from everywhere, and not just from from bacteria. Uh, so, so the release version of it will have all of the bacteria, <laughs> and over the next few weeks or months, um, we're, we'll we'll keep chugging on putting in the rest of the archaea and fungal genomes, um, and uh, then work on metagenomes and so so yeah so we've taken every public sequence that we can possibly find uh as far as we know uh for the most part and um put them through a couple of different tools anti-smash and uh, a, a machine learning tool called emerald bgc um along with some some other domain analyses like like ncbi ct search and uh interproscan uh and and so and all of those have ended up in the SMC database. There's a web front end for it. Um, and it's just a massive pile of data. When I looked this morning, we were up to 1.1 million genomes. Wow. Um, and I think we've got another two or 300,000 bacteria to go in before um, we go to the 1.0 release. And then we'll have, you know, however many, 
we I should know the numbers, but I don't know the numbers of archaea and, and fungi, but <laughs> we've already run them through and they just have to sort of go into the the pipeline uh for 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 addition. So yeah, so it's a big data repository of all the BGCs that we can put together. Um what makes it a little bit different beyond that, and sorry, I'm good just gonna keep babbling unless you No, no, <laughs> I was actually, actually gonna was gonna ask. Um, so you this is a repository of of BGCs. Mm-hmm. from public databases. And so what if, you know, a researcher like my lab, we have a lot of our own genomes that are not publicly available. And because mm-hmm. sometimes we we want to protect the, the clusters we're working on um, and not get scooped. And so what if a researcher did want to deposit their, their genomes or particular clusters to SMC? Is there a way mm-hmm. to do that? Uh, well, so there's good news and bad news on that. So um, one of the things that we're trying to do with SMC, and it's a little bit different than what we often do at the JGI, is that um, SMC is 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 called a, is what's referred to as a FAIR repository. F-A-I-R is, is uh, what? Findable, accessible, interoperable, and reusable. So Today's all the, the acronyms in a preview. I know. Well, it's it's JGI, right? So we're going to have acronyms. Um, <laughs> uh, so so the idea, uh, you you can go look up what, what all of that entails. But we've tried to adhere very strictly to those 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 principles. And part of the findable part is that we don't have secret data. Uh, so all of the data that will be in SMC comes from public resources. Um, you can submit your own genomes or whatever you'd like, whatever DNA, you can submit any DNA sequence really. Uh, and, and it will go through SMC's pipeline. Um, but then it will become public. Like by submitting it, you are checking a box and agreeing to making that data public. So, um, so yeah. So if, if you don't want your data to be out there for, for whatever reasons, and there are totally valid reasons for that, then SMC is not a great place to, to send your data. No. <laughs> <laughs> but just if researchers did have, you know, a variety of, of genomes that they're going to you know, yeah. like, we have so many people in our lab, you could have, you know, let, let's work together with other groups, as long as they're, you know, people are recognized for their, their contributions, um, just to move Absolutely. The science forward. Well, one of the things in in this and the motivation for this and something that I really believe in is is the the ideas of open science. And I think I think um, you know we you and I came up at a time when there was a lot more I don't know secrecy around um, the science and what you're working on, and and for good reasons. You know that especially in the early days, you know, drug discovery was a potentially lucrative business. And so there's, there's always a potential of stumbling across the billion dollar molecule. I think, uh, in, in the last, I don't know, two decades or so people have realized that especially in academic circles, none of us are getting rich off of the things that we discover that, you know, it's a very long process in order to go from the, the first stage of discovery to a molecule that's actually, you know, helping people and 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 being beneficial in terms of medicine and that's something we should strive for and we all should try to do because you know microorganisms are probably going to kill us all oh, yeah, unless they're... we find enough a- antibiotics right so Absolutely. um so we really we really do need these molecules and i think in my opinion uh and people are definitely free to disagree with me uh, but as 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 a government scientist uh, that I am, and uh, a former academic, and I've also worked in industry, and so I've seen the other side of secrecy. Um, I think what helps the humanity 
I guess, the most. What helps humankind is to be able to have access to the information and the things that could potentially help people. If, um, you know, if we, if we all mistakenly believe that we're going to get, you know, very wealthy off of antibiotics, then, you know, you really haven't been paying attention. And so we've tried to build SMC to be a transparent and open system. And so what that means, and, and, um, I'm fully prepared for people to hate this. And I'm, I'm, it's, it's like the one like potentially fatal flaw that I really want to like get feedback from the community on is that, um, when you work on something in the collaboratory, your posts are all public, um, things that, uh, you, you do to BGC is if you can add your own annotations and, and, um, do things to the data, uh, that all becomes public. And everyone can see your name attached to those those changes, those posts, those w- whatever you've you've attached to the information. That creates accountability systems, and it also creates just an open atmosphere that we're all sharing here. We're all working together on on these larger problems. And so, what I'm hoping we can do is kind of you know use the data to to lift all the boats because you know anytime somebody's working on something uh, or 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 making some posts or, or, or whatever, uh, that, that becomes public and everybody sees that, that people are working on that, that lets you sort of plant a little bit of flag maybe, but also gets other people's attention and, and brings more people into, um, uh, a problem or, a, or, or whatever, or, or helps people see your solutions too. And, and, and gets your, uh, your name out there in terms of being someone who's working in this field. So I think, I think it's a good thing. I think people get a little bit nervous about like seeing their name and, and their, I don't know, reputation, I guess, attached to, to science. But I think, you know, it's totally cool if we all make mistakes and sort of like work on things together and, and, and work working together is the only way that we solve some of these really difficult problems in secondary metabolism. I agree. And I think a lot of times too, when we even look at publications, um, it's always positive data, right? No one ever publishes. Absolutely. Not- but the yeah. negative data, which, you know, you could have found out, hey, I tried this method, or I tried this knockout, I tried these promoters to express, you know, natural product cluster, it just didn't work. And mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. could save someone, you know, time and resources, yeah. and that could be a thousands of dollars, PhD. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like, it's yeah. we're all like you said, we're all working together to address a problem. And what, you know, we figure out in the lab, whether it's positive or negative, can help someone else. And that's what I think is really important. That's that's great that SMC is really, that's, you know, one of the goals of that is to make science more transparent and that we are all in this together. And, you know, to try to get a drug through, it's you need a huge, uh, you need the village, right? And yeah, yeah. And, and you know, when, when we were thinking about what, what a BGC database really should be and, and, and what it would have to be is, you know, um, anybody who's worked in our field knows that like getting an annotation for a BGC, it's, it's not a consensus, right? There's every tool will tell you something different about the genes or, or, uh, you know, homology to something. There's, there's a lot, every BGC is a really complicated, unique snowflake and, and it's a, it's a system. And, um, uh, trying to understand that system is just not possible from completely understanding the system is not possible from the tools that we have. Annie smash. is a great tool. It's, it's the best thing that we have and it's rules and based, uh, uh, analysis is second to none. And, and, um, 
you know, it's, it's the most valuable thing I think our community has, but it's not the end of the story. There's always some kind of weird thing that happens in every BGC and, you know, one nucleotide difference can, you know, throw everything off in terms of whatever is happening in a biosynthetic pathway. Uh, and we've all seen those examples. Um, hopefully, if we're in the field, <laughs> so so yeah. So the, at the end of the day, we can create a database of all of these things. But we thought it was really important to have like all of the information that we could figure out about whatever is in the genes in the BGCs or or the putative BGCs. We don't even know the boundaries most of the time. Um, so being able to put all the information in one place, uh, it's a lot of computation. It's taken us a long time to actually generate this. And, and I'm not quite sure how we sustainably keep going in the future. And we'll have a lot of work to do to actually figure that out. Um, but, uh, yeah, getting all the data in one place is, has been like the, the, the first thing, but thinking about what that data means, uh, is definitely not the end of the story. And that's where other people come in. So I guess, um, because you have, these are all biosynthetic gene clusters you're pulling from, from genomes. And so kind of comparing mm -hmm. it to other repositories out there, like my big, for example, sure. those are just characterized BGCs that have been affiliated or, or you know, they've there's been some kind of experimental analysis that can correlate those yeah. clusters to a certain class or, you know, set of molecules. And so you have that information, but then you also have uncharacterized BGCs from yeah, yeah. a whole slew of organisms. This yeah, is a huge we, repository. It, it's pretty big. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, we, we, we figured in terms of also positioning this and, and where we thought this would fit into the community is, you know, you, on, on the one side you've got, and if you see me talk, I have a figure on this <laughs> in my, in my, you know, a uh, uh, generic talk that I give on this. Uh, but on the one side, you know, you've, you've got the, 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 the NCBI and IMG and all of the other great sequence repositories. None of those things really spend the extra compute time that you would need to do in order to annotate the secondary metabolism, right? The, none of them run anti-smash or, or, or any other tool really to, to annotate them. So, so those are just sitting there as the big sequence repositories. And on the other side, you've got a very small repository, which is MI big. It's about 3000 now, I think, um, maybe, maybe, uh, I can't remember. I think a little bit more maybe, but not, it's around yeah. that. Yeah. A couple thousand. Right around 3000, something mm -hmm. like that. Um, uh, experimentally characterized, well understood for the most part, you really know what each gene in a pathway is, is probably doing, or you have, you have a good sense of it because people have investigated those. And so we thought SMC sort of fits somewhere in the middle. Um, you know, anti smash DB is another great database. Um, uh, uh, they have a new version coming out pretty soon. I understand. Um, and, and, you know, they've taken all of the really good high quality genomes and, and run anti-smash on those and, and put them into a, a repository. And so, um, that's a really, really valuable resource, but it's only one, it's only one tool. Right. And so, um, and also, uh, it's, it's fairly static. It's the output of what anti-smash, uh, gives you. Right. And so, um, there isn't, hopefully people will take sort of the stuff from our, our stuff and, and anti-smash DB and sort of be able to start working on them and translating them over to the, to the MI big side of things. And so, um, but yeah, putting all the things together, we thought we wanted to be comprehensive. We wanted to get even the fragmented low quality genomes, like even a, you know, a BGC fragment can, can be useful uh, in some way, if you're doing comparative analysis, we want to make sure we had everything uh, <laughs> to wow. the extent that we can. Yeah. Wow. So I guess, you know, with this, huge repository like we're and and i mean with the ability to sequence genomes just so easily now mm -hmm. i mean how big is this gonna get 
Uh, good question. I mean, I can, I can, if you go to, uh, the website, which is, uh, smc.jgi.doe.gov, um, uh, the, the stats page is showing me that right now we have just over a million, um, BGC or sorry, just over a million DNA sources. And so a source is some source of DNA. It could be a genome. Everything in there is genome right now. Um, but eventually it will be, uh, uh, it could be a viral sequence. It could be a contig. It could be whatever somebody has submitted to us. Uh, it could be a metagenome. We're going to run metagenomes. That's going to take a while. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, from from those, uh, I know I know there's a big upload happening. And so we're, we're, we should have somewhere around um, 10, 11, 12 million BGCs uh, in the database on the release, and that's that's the bacterial stuff. Um, could 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 be more. Uh, <laughs> I'm not quite sure. Um, so uh, yeah, so it's a lot. It's a lot. Like um, you know, 10, 12, 15 million BGCs is is definitely kind of the baseline of where we'll be at. I think we'll probably double that when we get to um, metagenomes. I would imagine. Uh, depending on how strict I get in terms of contig length and all those kinds of things, because metagenomes can be pretty noisy. And I know that there's a lot of fragmented, be, right. identifiable BGCs, but highly fragmented in, in most of the metagenome sequences that we've already anal- analyzed. So anyway, that but that's a whole other issue that we'll we'll sort of tackle. So uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I think over time it's just going to continue to grow. Um, you know, uh, uh, I know. If you hear Nigel talk, he will. He is very interested in sequencing a lot more natural product uh, heavy uh, culture collections, especially you know older culture collections and things that have you know sat kind of dormant. Um, so yeah, we'll, we're just going to continue to grow, and hopefully, uh, hopefully, the system that we have built will continue to scale. Uh, so far, it's so far so good. Um, but uh, we'll add more hardware and more more uh, software as we need to go. You're going to single-handedly cause like massive brownouts in California when you're <laughs> doing the computational analysis I mean, of all the metagenomes. <laughs> well, uh, what, the nice thing is that so far all of the computation has been done on JGI's new supercomputer called Dory. Uh, I think um, it's a, a you know a, a moderately sized machine. It's not not super huge, but, um, it's, it's allowed us to chug through an awful lot of stuff, uh, in, 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 in a pretty quick fashion. So, um, yeah, we've been basically running, uh, ever since anti-smash seven was released. Oh, so I guess when will SMC be available then for the the whole community just to start using? Well, it's available right now, Jackie. So uh, beta beta version two is has been going on for a couple of months. Um, everyone is welcome to go and uh, use the site. Uh, the data that's in there will not be changing. So um, the uh, uh, part of the uh, accessible and um, reusable portion of, of fair is that we have you know static uh, addresses for all of the the, the BGC numbers and uh, ID numbers of the sources and everything. So none of that stuff is going to change. It's only just we're, we're we're just building onto it. So um, the site is is usable now. Uh, the 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 website is fully accessible and most of the features that we expect are in there. The only thing missing are the blast databases, which will generate as soon as we have the the new sets of data completely populated um and um 
that database will also be available for download if you want to, you know, run your own SQL and or or I guess it's Postgres uh, analyses. Um, and uh, we also have a pretty full set of APIs. So if you um, want to access the data remotely or programmatically, um, you're you're more than welcome to to do that. We think a lot of people, you know, will want to use that for for its, um, you know. Uh, We'll want to use this data in order to do comparative analysis. In order to do that, you got to like say, you know, download all the things that you you want to download or 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 get the sequences or genes or whatever it is that you want to you know do your work on. Uh, and so so that will be an option as well. And um, by the time we release, we should have some good documentation and tutorials. That the API documentation is all there, but um, yeah, uh, uh, all that stuff is is just sort of being finished up. Uh, at the moment, and by the time you hear this, hopefully it's all available. <laughs> That's amazing. This is this. It's just amazing, though, too, to think about. You know, a couple decades ago, it, it feels like yesterday. But the first genome, like you said, right, Sonospora was coming out. Color, structural Color just come out, and mm-hmm. where we are now, where we're really realizing the potential, the natural product potential of these organisms, and you know how easy it is to sequence just anything that you want. And then what do you do yeah. with that data? So having just one location with everything is going to be really helpful, I think, and and push hopefully some molecules. We'll discover some compounds together. Yeah. Hopefully third time is the charm. So uh, this is, this is the third iteration of this project that I've done through my career. So when I was, when I was at URI, when University of Rhode Island, and I was a uh, assistant professor, I was working on a, a database. It was a lot smaller at the time of uh, natural product clusters. And um, then I, when I went to warp drive, uh, they, they had a massive amount of sequence and we organized that into, into a, a you know, a, a data structure so that we could do the work that we needed to do with all of that sequence data and so now this is the third iteration of, of this thing and um i think i've finally i think i finally got it right <laughs> i hope i hope it's it's the thing that i want it to be at least that's gonna it's it's gonna be exciting to see like what what data comes out of this and and sort of what tangible products um do come out of out of this this endeavor yeah i'm really excited to be surprised by the community and <laughs> <laughs> figure out what crazy things people want to do and and how they're going to break my machine in order to do it. <laughs> Challenge them. <laughs> I'm into it. Yeah, totally. Yes. Break the uh, machine. Break Dory. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this doesn't run on Dory. It's okay. <laughs> but um <laughs> yeah. So uh yeah, and if if people try to do things and it doesn't work, please contact me because I am more than happy to work with you and get you whatever, whatever data it is that you want. We can, we will figure it out. If there isn't an easy way for you to figure out how to do it, either I'll show you how to do it or we'll, we'll, we'll create the path in order for you to be able to do it. I think um, this thing exists for the scientific community, not for my research. I, (laughs) Nigel's already mad that I don't publish enough, but (laughs) um, I am not looking to take anybody's data or scoop anybody's data, but I want to help you uh, as you know, that's, that's what the GGI is, is, is a, um, you know, a a user facility. And so uh, you don't have to be a user either for me to try to help you out. I'm, I'm really keen to see what people can do with, this information when it's all gathered into one place. I think that that's it's just important for for our community. Now with yeah. you know because this is a newer platform and you know sometimes it it's a little you know 
trying to use just different tools and applications settings with within um, SMC. Would it? Are you going to any conferences coming up, like more natural products based conferences? Where are you doing like a workshop potentially for like undergrads, grad students, postdocs, for trainees? Sort of like we do with GMPS, the Global mm-hmm, Natural mm-hmm. Product Social Molecular uh, Network, um, where you can teach people in real time how to use the, the platform, or is that something that you you have to kind of yeah, so we actually just ran a workshop uh, at the JGI user meeting. JGI user meeting is always a good place to um, hear about what's going on with JGI users and to get training on some of our platforms. Um, I probably by the time <laughs> by the time we release this, uh, I will also uh, that's a good idea. I will put out those training materials. I already promised to do that to somebody, and I haven't done it yet. So um, yeah, there 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 will be workshop. The workshop training materials that we use, I'll just put them out to the public and people can can go nuts replicating that. Uh, it sort of like um, gives you some ideas of things uh, to do without holding your hand, I hope, too much uh, in terms of using the web interface and using the API to, to get data that you want. And hopefully people can can build on that and get started. Um, but yeah, I, I'm always happy to to talk to people or present or, or whatever. I haven't, you know, uh, I've been putting my head down a lot, just trying to get this thing done, working with our, our pretty small team that's, that's put this together. Um, there's only a few of us. It's been sort of a, a you know, a, a, a little Huge works project, <laughs> um, you know, kind of a, 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 a little avenue for us to try out new things. Um, and it's, it's um, yeah, I'm so sure. I'm totally happy to, to talk to anybody who wants to, to use it, but I don't have any immediate plans right now. For, for more workshops or whatever. We'll just put that out to scientific organizers for conferences. Please contact Dan. <laughs> he will come give a workshop. Yeah, we could do that. We could do that. Mm-hmm. That'd be fun. I hope so. <laughs> I mean, think about it. If you kind of go back to when it's at, at Scripps, we had the class and you you spearheaded the you know genome mining class and we got a paper out of that and you taught everybody how to look at the different Frankia genomes and you know, we had three genomes, we did comparative analyses, we did structure prediction, and it's, it was amazing. And now you have, you know, just to the, you know, exponential of all these genomes and what, what can happen, you know, with all that, that information, but I think it's taking data and the different stories you can tell um, by, by using it. Yeah. And, and down the road, I mean, there's all kinds of things that I, I, I want to see happen with this. And so one of the things that I'll probably start with is sort of throwing out challenges to the community for sort of like, you know, uh, here's a BGC that appears in all these genomes. We don't know what it is. Like, what do you, what do you think? <laughs> right. The, the, the yeah. Those kinds of things, those kind of little community challenges, I think are a good way to get people engaged and sort of um, seed some ideas uh, for people in the community. I think um, also I want to like, I, I, well, I don't know. I don't know if I'll talk about this, but <laughs> I might want to explore like some some gamification, like giving people points for doing things or whatever. Sort of like um, you know, monitor or 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 I don't know, uh, award people uh, who are active uh, in in doing this kinds of science and give them some recognition. I think I think that's really important, uh, mm-hmm. to, especially for students and people who are sort of coming up to to be able to like um, you know. Show, show that they're a force in the field. I think it's a good thing. Yeah. Um, they're, they're I'm thinking sort of thinking about, about how to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking about how, to, how, how we can do that. And there's still a ton of things that I know that we want to do in terms of like enabling more comparative analysis, like, uh, and especially the visualizations. 
um, right now the, the, the only real visuals are sort of the, the gene displays and, and, uh, of, of the different annotation tracks. And, um, I think, I think we can improve on that. And, um, we are working on making a great big, uh, big slice map out of all this big slice is a comparative analysis tool or puts, puts BGCs into gene families. And so we're figuring out the best ways to do that, uh, with, um, so Satria Katsar, who is the big slice uh guy uh works for jgi now and um he's he's helping us out a lot with that yeah other other kinds of comparative things and corazone and i don't know uh there, there's a lot of different directions and things that we're we're trying to figure out how best to do on the scale that we need to do it on right really that's the trick is like you know uh anytime you think about oh we could do this analysis but can we do this analysis on 20 million bgcs right <laughs> it becomes a problem <laughs> My laptop, I think, would explode. I know it would explode. Yes. You're it is a hard time running Zoom and Outlook at the same time. Uh, you know, uh, JGI has a lot of compute capabilities. And so I think it, providing these kinds of things to the community is is one of the things that we can do that it, I think is valuable. But um, yeah, figuring out how to do them is, is the trick. And so if you have ideas about that, anybody out there... <laughs> <laughs> talk to me and and we will figure out how to make it happen. I can't wait to see what happens in like the next Me one, too. Five, I mean, I just, years. I just hope people use it, right? There's something to building a system where you have built it the way that you want to use it. And so uh, SMC is not perfect in that regard, but I think we're closer than anything that I've been able to use in the past in terms of like um, secondary metabolism and BGCs. Uh, I think we're, we're, we're getting real close to, to the tool that I want it to be. I'm so nervous about this whole thing. I've I've lived with it for like two years, basically. And um, I don't know. (laughs) I'm worried it's going to crash and burn. (laughs) I don't think so. I I think there's going to be a lot of interest because it is, it's, you know, there's no database that has everything. And, you know, with what Ben Chen was doing too, he goes, you have all the genomes and you might have the same cluster and all these different strains, but only one produces the compound. So I think having options is going to be key. And then also, I don't know what kind of metadata you have with the the genomic information, but like where these strains coming from, can you make any kind of association with the potential, like what's their ecological role? So there's just, there's a lot there that yeah, the, databases yeah. don't have. I should say there, there's a balance there in terms of the the metadata. So, um, you know, we've pulled everything from public sources and we have the original accession number that it came from, say the NCBI or GenBank, RefSeq, uh, IMG. Um, so you can go back to those sources and 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 get that data. We're we're not a uh a, a, a you know we're not a, a genome repository, right? So the genomes are in there at least the genomes that have BGCs, the stuff that didn't have identifiable BGCs, which usually is about a third of, of the bacteria that we run, um, then, you know, those are not in there. Uh, you know, as as new tools come out or new versions of anti-smash, we'll sort of have to rerun uh, and and we hopefully have a system in place that they'll be able to keep up with that. Um, pipeline. Yeah, it won't be the full pipeline. It won't have to be every time, right? It'll just be as there's a new tool, then... Um, I think we've got it worked out <laughs> DVD, but uh, hopefully, um, you know, it won't be a, a month long process of, of regenerating new data or new annotations for things. Um, but yeah, so, so the point is like, because we have pulled from places that have that information, it should be tied back. It's just not, we can't put everything into, 
into SMC itself. Like that's, I don't know, but we do have the taxonomy. We do have, um, you know, sort of the, 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 the kingdom through species level information as it's come from the sources, GC content and other things. We don't say have, you know, geographic information of wherever the thing was sampled from, if that's available, we don't have all of that stuff in there. So that might make querying some of that a little bit more, I don't know, tricky. Um, and maybe that's something we'll address in the future. We'll have to figure it out. Yeah, if yeah, that's something I think that, that could be really helpful need. too for context of the compound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see. I can see it for sure. Uh, just but it's just know, one more, one more piece of one data more data field. To, yeah, that we have who, to put together. Not all the you know people submit also include that as well. Those identifiers, which can be frustrating at times. So people submitting oh, yeah. posters, please include that information. <laughs> <laughs> Always. <laughs> Always yeah. include as much as you can. Yeah. And you know, that's, that's some of the, one of the things too, the older data won't have that, right. The older genome sequences and even the older genome annotations are are not always so good. We've, we've uh, basically re redone gene annotations for all this, the stuff that's, that's gone through. And that's also takes a chunk of time. Mm -hmm. I'm excited to use it. I'm going to have people in my lab start looking at it. Yeah, please do. And give me, give me feedback whenever um, I'm really happy to hear whatever people feel like they need or don't understand or whatever. Uh, Cause you know, we, um, if you, if you click on the about SMC uh, link on the main page, then you'll see sort of a roadmap of where I think we're going in terms of what developments are coming next. Um, we, uh, if, as, as you see new version numbers, so version 1.0 will be the first release. Um, but those version numbers aren't going to correlate to like data releases as a lot of, um, sequence repositories do our, our, our version numbers will correlate to, uh, uh feature releases, things, you know, new, new things that you can do with the data and the data will just keep rolling in over time as, as it goes. So there won't ever be a, a sort of, you know, a version two SMC release, there might be a version two, but it'll be uh, the features of the website or APIs or whatever, um, rather than a specific data release. So just, just use it. I mean, basically like if there's information that's of use to you in there, it's, you know, there's already a massive amount of stuff there and it's just going to keep rolling in. So, um, go crazy. <laughs> All right, Jackie. Yeah. Thanks so much. I'll talk have to you a, later. I'll talk to you. Have a good rest of your day. Yep. You too. Bye. Bye. I'm Dan Udwery, and you've been listening to Natural Podcast, a podcast produced by the U.S. Department of Energy Joint Genome Institute, a DOE Office of Science user facility located at Lawrence Berkeley National Lab. And I'm Jackie Winter from the University of Utah. You can find links to transcripts, more information on this episode, and our other episodes at naturalpodcast.com. If you like what we're doing with Natural Podcast and you want to hear more science from JGI and its collaborators, check out JGI's other podcast, uh, Genome Insider, with my colleague, Menika Wilhelm. Uh, you know, if you like what we're doing here, you'll probably enjoy Genome Insider too, so check it out. Our intro and outro music are by Jazzar. Please help spread the word by leaving a review of Natural Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, or wherever you downloaded it. If you have a question or want to give us feedback, tweet us at JGI or to me at Dan Udwary. That's D-A-N-U-D-W-A-R-Y. I'm also on Mastodon with that name at mstdn.science. If you want to record and send us a question that we might play on air, please email us at jgi-coms. That's jgi-comms at lbl.gov. And because JGI is a user facility, if you're interested in partnering with us, we want to hear from you. 
We have projects in genome sequencing, DNA synthesis, transcriptomics, metabolomics, and natural products in plants, fungi, and microorganisms. If you want to collaborate, let us know. Find out more at jgi.doe.gov user programs. Thanks, and see you next time.